Hey, this is Mitch Rose. I'm the lead pastor of City Hills Church, and this is our podcast. Thanks for tuning in today. I hope this message encourages you, it inspires you, it challenges you to live your best life. Take a listen. Here's this week's message. We are in a brand new series today. You picked a great day to be in church. We're in a brand new series called The Blessed Life. Everybody say The Blessed Life. We're preaching about the blessing of God. If you have a Bible, Deuteronomy 15 is where we'll camp out today. As a matter of fact, I'll preach all through the book of Deuteronomy. Uh, well, I'm going to preach at least this chapter today uh, and, and help you through that. If you're new to our church, uh, this fall kind of is the way that our church flow. If you, if you come here for several years, you'll, you'll pick up on the rhythm and flow of our, of our house. But in the fall, we kind of turn our attention to how we can serve others and how we can reach others. And uh, I preach all year long, I hope. Uh, there are seasons where you're evangelistic and you're able to reach for the lost and reach for people. And then, there, and then there are times I just tell you, hey, this is the best time to go reach for somebody. This is the best time. We're almost there. We're a month away from our biggest and best series of the year called At the Movies, everybody. At the Movies is only a month away. And If you've never been to At the Movies, it's an amazing thing. We take modern day, it's a modern day parable. We take blockbuster Hollywood films. We'll show you that film with a redemptive message. I'll preach the redemptive story of the film and uh, there's Cokes and popcorn and candy. There's an at-the-movies for your children uh, going on, age-appropriate at-the-movies for them. It's just the best thing we do. And it's the best time for you to invite somebody to church. So in the coming weeks, you'll have invite cards. You'll see all kinds of ways for you to bring friends and family, neighbors, co-workers, people who may not would come to church with you, but they'll come to a movie with you. And uh, our team's working on it right now. I just heard this last week as we were in that production uh, of at-the-movies. Uh, I heard one of our team members say, I think this is the best one we've ever done. And I happen to agree. I think this is probably the best uh, we have ever done. And we never tell you what movies we're doing. You just have to show up. We only do it live. You can't stream it. You can't watch it online. You got to be in the room and uh, and see what happens. Um, I do always make one caveat. We are uh, willing if you uh, know uh, if you win the lottery. Uh, I think it's a billion and something right now, the Powerball. If you happen to pull numbers and uh, you give several tens of millions of dollars for a building and a land, I'll let you know what movie we're starting with, everybody. So that's the, that's the only caveat that I give. Other than that, you got to be in the room. And, and then it's Christmas time, Christmas at City Hills right after that. So anyway, going to be a great, great time. And I'm starting a new series today about the blessing of God. I want God to bless every area of my life. Say amen to that. I want the blessing of God on my health. I want the blessing of God in my marriage. I want the blessing of God on my job. I want, I want my children to be blessed. I want, my, I, I want my emotional, mental, I want joy and contentment. I want the blessing of God on every area. And I want God to bless me financially. Can I get a good amen there? And uh, good, one brother, me and you, preaching all day today. I want God to bless us. And so over the next four weeks... I'm going to bring you a teaching series on how to live the blessed life. Now, I want everybody to take a deep breath. I'm preaching about money. Let it out. I got you right in the middle of your deep breath <laughs> talking about money today. And uh, some people get weird about that. And you get all, This is not the kind of church for you to get that way. This is not a manipulative church. This is not a church that's going to make you feel bad. This is a Bible-believing church, however. Write this in your notes if you're taking notes. If you're not taking notes... Write this anyway in your notes. God doesn't want something from you. God wants something for you. God doesn't want something from you. 
God doesn't want something from you. God, God, there is no guilt. There is no, well, if you twist my arm and then God... Did, do, God doesn't want something from you, but God does want something for you. And listen to me, I don't want anything from you, and this church doesn't want anything from you, but I do want something for you. I want you to live the blessed life. Say amen to that. I want you to live the best life. Matter of fact, I want to pastor the most blessed church in all of the hill country. I want you to have the most blessed family. I want you to have the most blessed marriage. I want you to have the most blessed careers. I want you to have the most blessed children, primarily because my kids may date one of your bad little boys or bad little girls, and I want them to be blessed. I want the blessing of God in my life. And if you want to have a blessed life, you're going to have to learn. I'm going to have to learn to put everything that we have in the hands of the blesser, and that God is able to bless everything you give to Him. God is able to bless everything you'll give to Him. God will bless your dating relationships. Single people look right ahead at me. It's too late to ask God to bless when you've already decided. Why don't you ask God to bless before you say yes and swipe left? Are you with me or right or whichever way you swipe? Before you go out on that first date, why don't you ask God, God, I need the blessing of the Lord on my life on this. I don't, want, I don't have time to waste my, my time with some old joker that doesn't love Jesus and doesn't want kids and doesn't have a job. I need the blessing of God. I want the blessing of God on my marriage. How many married folks want God to bless your marriage? I want God to bless my wife. When my wife gets blessed, I get blessed. Come on, somebody. I want God to bless my marriage. I want God to bless my career. You say, well, you're a pastor. You're supposed to be. No, I want the blessing of God. I'm 24 years into vocational ministry. I want God's hand on my life. I, I pray the prayer of Jabez every day that God would strengthen me and, and expand my influence and, and that God would put His hand on my ministry. Not that I could uh, people would look at me, but I want to I grow my gift. I want God's Blessing on my decisions. I want to make good decisions, everybody. I want, to, I want God's blessing on my money. And everything that you put in God's hands, God can bless. But everything that you hold on to, you are responsible for maintaining. Hold your hands in front of you and, and grip just as tight as you can like this. Like you're driving and trying to get on I-10. <laughs> Come on, grip hard. Everything, listen to me, if you live your life this way, holding on, everything you have your hands around is your responsibility. You have to maintain it. You have to grow it. You have to make it work. You have to make it successful. Your hands are around it. You're holding on to it. Open your hands like this. Everything you'll live open-handed before God, God will bless whatever it is you put in His hand. And by the way, the hand that's open to give to God is open to receive from God. But you, you, if you hold on, God will let you hold on to everything in your life, but you are responsible for everything that you hold on to. Say amen to that. And I'm preaching to you a spiritual uh, series. Several years ago, somebody came to a member of our team, and they had left our church. So our team reached out and said, hey, they were on the dream team, said, hey, what, you know, what's going on? And I hadn't seen you around. What's, what's happening? And they said, well, you know what? I really like this church. And I really like the preaching. And, and almost all the preaching is really good, and it's for me. But that last series we did about money, I didn't get anything out of that. I'm going somewhere I can get something out of it. <laughs> They're not here anymore. But anyway, the, the, the truth of the matter is, this is the most, one of the most spiritual things I'll teach you in the, the entire year. This is just as deep as something else I'll teach you about faith or healing or 
God's plan in your life. If you'll get a grasp on how to handle the blessing of the Lord in your life and that God wants to bless you in every area of your life, it'll grow your spiritual life. Say amen to that. Now let me give you what it's not. If you're taking notes, I didn't put this on the screen, but write this down. What I'm teaching you in this series is not prosperity theology. It is not. It is not prosperity theology. Prosperity theology says if I give God a dollar, God will give me back a hundred dollars. If I give God this, then the Mercedes is on the way. Come on, somebody. Or, uh, you know what? No, forget that. The King Ranch F-150 is on the way. F-250 is on the way. Yeah. Some of, you, some of y'all wish it was prosperity, don't you? <laughs> if I do this, God will give me all of that. That's prosperity theology. Listen to me. That's not Bible theology. It's not our church's theology, and it's not what I'm teaching you. We do not believe nor do we teach prosperity theology. However, this is not poverty theology. Poverty theology says that anything that God blesses or their success or anything that has the hand of God on it is terrible, it's evil, it's rotten, the church is just all about my money, preachers just all want my money, all of this is about that, and you're just supposed to never talk about money and always be hungry and always be... that. that we don't believe that either. That's poverty theology. I'm not teaching to you prosperity theology. I am not teaching to you poverty theology. But what we do espouse and what I am teaching you over the next four weeks is a blessing theology. And blessing theology says that God wants to bless every area of my life and everything I have comes from God. And if I live my life with an open hand before God, He'll keep filling it with blessings and then I can be a blessing to others and there's this economy of the kingdom called blessing that God pours into me and I pour out to others and God blesses my life and I can bless others and God gives to me and I can leverage everything God's given me for others. It's a blessing theology, not prosperity, it's not poverty, it's blessing. Say amen to that. I'll show it to you in God's word. Genesis, the second chapter. Genesis 2, hold your, hold your finger, Deuteronomy 15. Genesis 2 and verse 12. Guys, I need a little bit less on the stage. I've never said that, but a little bit less for the feedback on the stage. Genesis 2 and 12 says, I will make you into a great nation, and I will... Read that next line, and I will do what? I'll bless you. Let me pause here and tell you, we still believe God can bless you. If you want to go to a church that just tells you how rotten you are, how terrible it is, and serving God ought to be, you ought to be mad about it, sad about it. You don't, you, you, you just, you just ought to be great. Just anything you get, just the fact that God doesn't send you to hell ought to be enough. If you want, if you want that kind of church, I promise you, you can find one. But this is the kind of church that says, God can make you into a great nation and God will bless your life. Say amen to that. And I will make your name great. And here's the part, listen, that makes this different theology. This is what separates us from prosperity theology and what separates us from poverty theology is this passage. God said, I will bless you and make your name great and you will what? You gotta, you gotta talk back louder than that. You'll do what? You'll be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, curse those who curse you, and all people on earth will be what? How? Through me. Through me. That's blessing theology. 
Prosperity says God gives to me, I give, and then God gives to me. I give, and then God gives to me. Poverty theology says I give because I don't want God to kill me, and I, I, I just, I, I'm hoping everything's okay. But blessing theology says God gives to me so that I can be a blessing to others. God pours into me so I can pour out and bless others. Everything I have comes from God, and I leverage everything I have to be a blessing to the world around me. When God wants to bless things, He gives it to His people. When God wants to bless the world, he gives something to his children. When God wants to bless others, when God wants to reach others, when God wants to further the kingdom, when God wants to reach unreached people groups, when God wants to plant churches, when God wants to reach people who are far from God, he doesn't do it single-handedly. He uses people and he'll do it through blessing. And the people God uses are the people who say, I'm blessed. My hands are open so that I can be a blessing. To other people. Say amen to that. So I can be a blessing to other people. Blessing doesn't just come to you. Blessing should be able to work through you. One of the reasons you may approach a series like this thinking, man, I don't know if this is for me. is because you've lived your life holding on to every, everything you've got. And, and, you, and you can't have more blessing come to you if blessing can't run through you. Eventually, capacity, listen to me, capacity is in your hands. So if your hands are closed up, God goes, well, I can't bless anybody. I can't bless the families around you. I can't bless your children, your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren because you're holding on. you got your hands around everything. You're in control of that. You're, it's your responsibility to make that thing work. But when I live an open-handed life, generous before God, when God can trust me, He can bless me because He knows I'm not blessed for me. I'm blessed to be a blessing. Shout amen to that. I want to teach you that way. Everybody is searching for Blessing and God's word is full of principles of how to live the the blessed life. As a matter of fact, Jesus' most famous sermon is the Sermon on the Mount, and it starts with "Blessed are the," and then it gives you all of the beatitudes, or "Blessed are the peacemakers," and "Blessed are the poor in spirit," and "Blessed are the merciful." It talks about blessing, and one of the main areas of blessing in the Bible is in the area of finances, and Jesus talked about it over and over and over, and and we are not manipulative. If you come here any amount of time, you know that. We're not going to play on your emotions. It's not who I am. It's not who God is. But we have to talk about money because of the 39 parables Jesus taught, 17 of them had to do with money or finances or stuff or possessions. 877 times in the Bible that uh, there is a mention of your possessions, of your finances, and what to do, how you honor God with what He's given you. It's in the Bible, and I'm cheating you as your pastor if I don't bring you a message and bring you some principles of how to live under the open windows of heaven in your life and allow the blessing of God to flow through you. I want to help us all get better at blessing. Say amen to that. So I want to start today. I want to give you some foundation today about your heart. This is a teaching series. I want to talk to you about your heart. In the last series, I told you, your heart is where it's the seat of your emotions, and your emotions are held where? Nobody listens. In your soul. In your soul. That was like, it was like, listen, that's not your fault. It was several messages ago. Your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. Your mind, your will, and your emotions. So if your heart is the seat of your emotions, when we talk about heart, and when you see heart in the Bible, it's talking about where your emotions are tied, where things are in your soul. And Proverbs 4.23 says to guard your heart above everything else because it determines the course of your life. Now that's pretty important. 
that whatever is in your heart, wherever your heart is, your life follows your heart. It determines the course of your life. It determines, uh, one translation said, out from it flow all the issues of your life. All the issues of your life come through your heart. Now that's important when you hear Jesus say this. Matthew 6.21, Jesus says, for where your treasure is, there your what? That your heart will be. Now watch this. Let me put these two things together for you. My life follows my heart, and my heart follows my treasure, and so my life is moving in the direction of my heart, and my heart is moving in the direction of my treasure. I could say it to you like this, that the life that you have is moving where you put treasure, where you put treasure. Our heart follows our... I'll show it to you that like I, 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 in, in a story. You know this to be true, that your heart follows your treasure. It's not the other way around. Your heart follows your treasure. Because when I turned 15, I got my learner's permit. Anybody get a permit at 15? Where you at? I pastor people now that wait till they're like 25 to get a driver's license. It's weird. But at 15, I went and got my learner's permit, and I drove my mama's car. Now, when I drove my mama's car, I drove it like I stole it. Are y'all with me, everybody? I drove it like I got it from Avis, and I, I hit every, every speed bump. I hit it 70 miles an hour. I never vacuumed at one time. I didn't clean it out. It wasn't my car. It was my mama's car. I'm not telling you I did right. I'm just telling you how I treated it because it belonged to her. But the day, March 29th, that I turned 16 years old, my mama checked me out of Concord High School at 12 o'clock at my lunch period. And we went down and got my driver's license. And I had worked for the last 18 months, two years, at Winn-Dixie. Do you remember Winn-Dixie, anybody? I had worked there for two years and I'd saved $3,000 and I bought my own car. My 1988 Mazda MX-6. And the girls dug it. It was a chick magnet if I say so myself. I loved it. Now that car, I treated totally different than I did her car. Because that car had $3,000 worth of Winn-Dixie at $4.25 an hour built into that car. Are y'all with me on this? I washed that car every other day. I drove it slow. I, 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 I avoided speed bumps in that thing because I had to pay for the tires. I had to pay for... Anybody parent like this anymore? <laughs> I had to pay for the insurance. It was my car. Why? Because where my treasure was, my heart followed. I didn't say that. City Hills doesn't say that. Jesus says that. Wherever your treasure goes, your heart goes with it. I'll show it to you in the stock market. You couldn't care any less about the Dow Jones until you buy one share of Tesla and now suddenly you know everything there is to know about electric vehicles. And you put Elon Musk on your prayer list. God, keep him safe. Give him ideas. <laughs> God, let Tesla go 10x right now, God. You couldn't care less about it until you bought one share and now suddenly you care. You're a day trader. You know, I'm just, I'm kind of in the stock market. That's just what I do now. Why? Because your heart follows your treasure. Your heart follows your treasure. Now listen, if it's true for cars and it's true for stocks, it's true for the kingdom of God. It's amazing when you put your finances and treasure in God's kingdom, when you put it in God's church, you'll care more about it. 
It's amazing what will happen to your life when you realize my heart is in God's kingdom because my treasure is there. I'm cons- I pray for missionaries because I give to missions. I pray for church planners because I help plant churches with my finances. I pray for my church because my finances are there. My treasure's there. And wherever my treasure is moving to, come on, my heart follows my treasure. Are y'all with me, everybody? It follows there. And people can talk about their values all they want to. They can talk about what they prioritize all they want to. But you'll know where someone's heart is when you see where they put their treasure. Where they put their treasure. I tell engaged couples this all the time. You need to look at his checkbook. Checkbook. If you're under 40, a checkbook is something that we used to write... I'm sorry. We used to write checks out of and that had a checkbook registered. Did anybody keep their register? If you're under 40, you need to get his phone and open that app and find out where his money, where her money is going. Why? What, what, what does it matter where her money is going? It's her money. Because I'll tell you, where her treasure goes, her heart goes. Where his, where, where his treasure goes, his heart. Some of your treasures at Starbucks and some of your hearts at Starbucks. Are y'all with me on that? If you, looked at your, if you looked at your bank account, you'd say, man, I love me some Starbucks. I'm praying for it today. <laughs> it's where my heart is today. If your treasure goes to God's kingdom and furthering the kingdom of God, it's amazing how your heart goes there. The whole thing starts in the heart. So let me give you this teaching from Deuteronomy 15. God is teaching in Deuteronomy 14 and 15. He's teaching about how the people of God, how how the people of Israel are supposed to deal with finances. And he's teaching them in chapter 14 about tithing. In chapter 15, he teaches them about generosity. And I'm going to give you several verses through chapter 15 that God is teaching directly the people of God how to guard their heart in blessing, how how to live a blessed life. Deuteronomy 15 and verse 7 sets it up like this. If there's a poor man with you, one of your brothers, in any of your towns in your land, which the Lord your God's giving you, you shall not harden your what? Let me stop here. When God gives instruction about money, he starts with the heart. God's about to give the people of God instructions about how to handle finances, about how to, how to live the blessed life financially, about how to handle generosity, and He starts in their heart. And He says, Do not harden your heart, nor do what? Don't close your hand from your poor brother. Verse 8, Rather be, everybody say this, say be what? Be open-handed and freely lend uh, whatever they need. So over the next couple of verses, it teaches you what I think are four principles of how to live the blessed life. And I want to give you these heart principles to start our time together in this series. Are you ready for it? Say, I'm ready. Write this down. Number one, if you want to to live the blessed life and have a heart of generosity, you got to settle selfishness in your life. you got to settle some selfishness in your life. I I think it just comes natural to me to be selfish. Deuteronomy 15 and 9, the very next verse, says, Be careful not to harbor this wicked thought. Look what it calls selfishness, a wicked thought. The seventh year, the year for canceling debts is near. So now you uh, uh, see to it that you don't show ill will toward the needy among your fellow Israelites and give them nothing. They may then appeal to the Lord against you and you'll be found guilty of, what's that last word? You'll be found guilty of what? Selfishness is sin, everybody. Let me teach you what this was. Every seven years in ancient Israel was the year of Jubilee and all debts were forgiven. Some of you wish you were a little bit older right now. I'm thinking, man, if I could just have these student loans for six years and year seven, come on, everybody, things get better. And every seven years, you would forgive debts 
in anything that you held as a debt against your brother, you would forgive. And any debts that you had, it would be forgiven of you. And, and Deuteronomy 15 and 9 says, hey, when that year of Jubilee, when that seventh year comes around, do not just decide to abandon what you know to be true and hold on to that debt. That's selfishness. Don't hold on to that. As a matter of fact, the Bible calls it wickedness and it calls it sin. You, you can't hold on to this selfishness. But I find in my life selfishness all around my life. Can I confess to you one of the main areas of selfishness in my life? Can I confess to you? I don't like to share food. I'm going to preach now. Let me get my handkerchief now. I don't like to share. I'm married to a wonderful woman, almost 24 years with that woman. But very quickly, I, I set the ground rules in our home. I'll buy you anything you want off this menu. But if I ordered this for me, it's for me. Am I the only one right now? Anybody else? I'll buy you a dessert, but this is mine. I ordered it for me, by me, through me, to me. I'll get you one. I'll get you two. But this one's mine. Are y'all with me on this, everybody? Then I had two little grubby-handed tax deductions that want their hands in everything I have. Now listen to me. I don't just not share food. I am not. It's an abomination to God. Somewhere in this Bible it says to share your drink with nasty little children. <laughs> don't come at me with snot coming out of your nose telling my daddy, can I have a drink? Yeah, you can go get one. But if you drink this one, it's yours from here on out. Are y'all with me on this, everybody? I'm still a work in progress. He's still working on me, everybody. I'm selfish about it. I just, it's just, it's part, it's selfishness. Nobody had to teach me this. It's selfishness. Now listen to me. Why do you think God created giving? Do you think God created it because he was worried about money? Do you think God needs our money to further the kingdom of God? Do you think the light bill's too big for God? Or do you think that God's running out of gold? Or the Bible says he owns a cattle on a thousand hills. Do you think all the cattle are dying in God's thousand hills? Do you really think God invented, God created generosity and giving because he needs your money? No. God created giving for you and I so we would work selfishness out of our heart. If you don't catch anything else I tell you today, catch this principle in this series. Generosity is not about what God needs from me. It's about what I need to work out of me. I give so that I work selfishness out of my life. Giving was created for my sake. Say amen to that. It literally works selfishness out of your heart. Number two you got to settle some selfishness. If you want to live an open-handed, blessed life, if God can give you more so that you can be a blessing to others, you got to settle selfishness. Number two, you got to run from regret in your life. Deuteronomy 15 and 10. We're just working through Deuteronomy 15, the very next verse. Verse 10 says, You must certainly give to Him and don't feel regret for doing so. And because of this, the Lord your God will bless all your works and everything you do. You ever, you, ever, you ever been at dinner with a couple and you spoke up first? I, hey, we're paying. We'll, we'll, hey, dinner's on us tonight. Wherever you want to go. And then they don't pick the place where kids eat free on Tuesday. 
and you instantly regretted fighting over the check when you saw the check. Yeah. And you and you start playing the game in your head, which credit card am I putting this on? Dear God. And you regret that. You ever had times in your life when you did something for somebody and then there's regret that comes in then? You think, man, why did I do that? Why did I give that? It's kind of sad, kind of funny, but listen, this is the way humans are wired. Selfishness will attack you before you give and regret will attack you after you give. And the reason you have regret, listen to me, the reason you have regret about giving to God and generosity to God's kingdom is because you thought it was yours all along. 1 Timothy 6, 17 says, Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant. Don't put your hope in your wealth, which is so uncertain. Put your hope in God, who does what? He richly provides us everything. Hey, listen to me. The reason, you'll, you'll run from regret in your life if you realize this wasn't mine to begin with. God gave me everything I've got. This is God's fight. God gave us this, this house. And the reason God gave us this house is not so that every time we go home at night, we close the blinds and we sit inside and nobody's ever there. God gave us this big old living space so we could host a small group and have a Bible study in here and invite our neighbors and say, hey, there's hope in here. God blessed us with this house. He didn't just give it to me just for me. He gave it to me so that I could be a blessing to others. God didn't give it to you just because of you, just because you're a hard worker, you're so smart, you're so intelligent, you're such a good business leader. No, everything I have comes from God. And if you'll live your life thinking, God gave me all of this, you won't ever regret giving it away because it wasn't yours to begin with. You'll leverage everything you have. God, you gave me this gift. Listen to me. If you're sitting in church today and you've got a gift you're not using for the kingdom, shame on you. You ought to leverage it. If you can sing, get your hide on this platform and sing. If you cannot sing, let me help you find somewhere else. If you love children, get in kids ministry and lead a kids small group. If you love teenagers, get in student ministry and lead a student small group. If you got a big pretty smile and love greeting people, find a place to do that. Why? Because God didn't give me this gift for me. He gave me this gift to leverage for others. And you won't have regret if you'll realize that all this came from God anyway. So I don't have any regret about giving, about being a blessing, because I realized this wasn't mine to begin with. This was God's. This house, God gave us this house. This car, God gave me this. Why I picked children up to come to youth service on Wednesday night, and I filled my minivan up, because God gave us this. I don't have a minivan. God gave us this. I don't have any regret. Number three. I'm just giving you the way to live open-handed. The blessed life is to give generously. You got to deal with your selfishness. You got to you got to run from regret in your life that when God's called you to do something, you don't have any regret because it didn't belong to you. And you got to learn how to give generously. Some people think, "Well, man, I gave a twenty. Well, man, I saw that guy on the road. You know, I gave him five bucks on the side of the road. Man, that was." That was <laughs> you know what he's going to do with it. What happens when it leaves your hand is not your business. It's, it's a matter of the heart. Say amen to that. You got to learn how to give generously. Give generously. Deuteronomy 15 and 14 says, Give him a generous farewell gift from your flock, your threshing floor, your 
wine press. If you'll learn how to do this and share with him some of the bounty which the Lord your God has blessed you, you'll have more blessing. Sometimes God asks you to give above and beyond. Brandon and I moved to Hill Country eight years ago, working on nine years ago. And um, we cashed everything out to start this church. That's okay. That's, that's what God called us to do. And we left good paying jobs and big church. And, and we started this church in elementary school, actually just across the interstate, the Kendall Elementary. If you're new to the area, it's, if it's not the oldest elementary school, it ought to be. It smells like it is. Everybody's a, anyway. Man, we just went all in. and we, we, we had to raise a ton of money. We had to raise a couple hundred thousand dollars to plant the church. And, and we had to raise our salary. Anyway, it, it was just, I mean, just, man, and God showed up, blessed, blessed, blessed. We, we had so many people on the, on the first day. We ran out of chairs. We had to turn people away. We ran out of parking spots. It, it's, it's just crazy. And a few months after we did all that, I was walking out to the car. I had just started the church, so I didn't know that I needed to have a truck to pastor in Texas, everybody, okay? <laughs> so now I know, all right? But I had a Lexus. I had a car that I loved, loved. And God had blessed us with it. I'd had it for a couple of years, and Brandy had her mom vehicle, but I had this big old Lexus. I don't know if you've ever driven a big luxury vehicle like that, but you just kind of glide down like this. I'd lean back like this in my legs. I was riding dirty all through Bernie. God spoke to me to give my car away. And I remember wrestling with God for a moment. <laughs> God, that, uh, I don't know who you're talking to, but it ain't me. Long story short, a couple of Sundays later, I walked out with a title. Signed it on the hood of the car in the parking lot of the church I had just planted and gave it away. Sometimes God will, I'm not telling you that for me. I'm just telling you, sometimes God will call you to give generously. I do want to connect you to this. You are living, you are currently sitting in the open hand of blessing because of that decision seven and a half years ago in elementary school. I said, God, this is yours anyway. Are you with me, everybody? And your family could sit in blessing if you'll learn to give generously. Your marriage could learn to live in blessing if you'll give generously. If you wrestle with sharing your money, God's asking you, when are you going to learn? Generosity is the, is the way. It's the way. It's the way. Next time you roll your window down at the stoplight and somebody's sitting there, pull out the 20. Pull out 100. Don't worry, don't worry about where... You got to work out selfishness and regret from your life. Here's the last one, number four, and then I'll pray. Whole team's here. They're ready. You got to guard gratitude. You got to guard gratitude. Read this. Listen, Deuteronomy 15 and 15. Don't ever forget that you were a slave in the land of Egypt, and yet the Lord your God redeemed you. Therefore, I'm giving you these commands today. You will live the blessed life when you settle selfishness in your own heart. 
You'll learn to live the blessed life when you run from regret. I don't ever regret being generous. When you give generously, when you say, I'm not just, I'm not doing the bare minimum. I'm going to give generously because God gave to me. And all of this wraps up when you realize, I don't forget where God brought me from. That God saved me from a long way. That God provided. That I'm in the job right now I prayed for. That I'm in, I have the home right now that we beg God for. That I'm driving the vehicle that God blessed us with. And when you don't forget where you come from, you guard gratitude in your life. It's amazing how you'll be able to give freely and live open-handed. So this just happened. I asked permission from the person in our church they were in first service several weeks ago I went to a home in Fair Oaks a member of our team had bought a beautiful home in Fair Oaks I mean beautiful backs up to the green belt just gorgeous just high seat it's just beautiful and they called me to come pray and, and sometimes people ask me to do that when they get into a home or open a business or something so we came and I had anointing oil man we prayed for everything I mean, we, we anointed every door frame. We cast out devils from here to comfort Texas. We just, we just, we prayed in tongues. We prayed for everything. We just, I mean, it just everywhere. Okay. And we're on the back porch. This is a true story. We're on the back porch. And we're looking over this beautiful expanse there in Fair Oaks. And I look over and this woman in, in this church, a member of our church, is weeping. <laughs> weeping. And I'm thinking, Oh God, what did I do? She may have found a devil I didn't know about. What, what has happened? Man, we just celebrating and we're praying and we're thanking God. What's going on? And she is weeping. I put my arm around her thinking, oh my goodness. She got it together long enough to look out. She didn't, she didn't look at me, she looked out. She said, Pastor, I remember the day we slept in our car. I remember being homeless. I remember raising my son as a single mom without food and shelter. And God has blessed me. You, you'll start seeing blessing everywhere when you remember where you come from. When you, when you don't forget, God gave you all of this. It's the blessing of the Lord. Yeah, did they work hard? You bet they do. Are they, are they generous? You bet they are. Are, are, are they frugal? Do they save and invest? You bet they make good decisions. But all of that didn't account for that brand new house. That brand new house was because she never forgot. God was with me when we were sleeping in a car. And God's with me now in everything I have. And by the way, if God wants this house, He can have this house. Because my hand is open before the Lord. It's the blessing of God. That's the blessed life. That's the blessed life. Close your Bible, bow your head for prayer. Holy Spirit, today... What are you speaking to me? Come on, ask God. What do you want me to do? God, what do you need for me? Maybe you open your hands before the Lord while you pray. Would you do that? God, I realize that everything I have comes from you. Everything that you've given me is a blessing. Everything I have is a blessing of God. This career is the blessing of the Lord. This house is the blessing of God. These children, this marriage, this relationship, my health, it's the blessing of God. And God, my hands are open to say, you can have it all. I thank you for it. God, I'm going to guard gratitude in my life. It may not be what I want. 
It may not be the best. It may not be what we could have, but I'm grateful for it. God, I recognize I am most blessed. I am most blessed. Now, if you're in church today and never surrendered your heart to Jesus, we'll give you a chance to do that. To say, God, I want to live this blessed life, but I want to, I want to relate. Starts with a relationship with you. So through Jesus, I'm praying this prayer. Everybody praying along with me, Lord Jesus. I believe you died for my sins, that you rose again, and that you want my life to be blessed. I've been living for me and what I want, how I want, when I want. Today, I turn my whole life over to you. I give you everything. My sin, my mistakes, my past, but I give you my heart my emotions, my mind, my will I give you my whole life, my hopes and dreams, our future God help me to live this open handed life save me today be the Lord of my life for the rest of my life in Jesus mighty name everybody shout a big amen Thank you for joining us today, and a special thanks to those of you who give generously to this ministry. You know, it's because of you that we're able not only to bring this message to you, but we're able to offer hope and life to the San Antonio Hill Country and beyond. So if you'd like to give today, you can visit cityhillstx.com right now. And if this message blessed you, why don't you click subscribe or share this message with your friends uh, on your socials. I pray it's a blessing to others in your world. Thanks again for listening today. God bless you.